Welcome to episode three of the local meta. My name is Fletcher. My name is John. And we have one quick announcement before we get into our topic or anything. The local meta is now on Google Play Podcasts, so if you log into Google Music, go to the podcast sections and search the local meta, we should show up there and you can keep track of our podcast from there and catch every episode. You can you can subscribe and automatically download the last three episodes, which there are currently four. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. Uh, the last few episodes we did were sort of level up topics, kind of thing, talking about actual getting better at magic. Today we're just going to kind of muse about our some of our favorite decks past and just kind of talk about things for a little bit. It's going to be a good solid time for us to just sit and BS. So we're just kind of trying something different. You know, this is episode three, so we're just trying. We're getting an idea of what people want to hear and what we can talk about and everything. So, at the end of the podcast, I'll mention a way you can give us feedback. Um, yeah, I'm going to make you listen all the way to the end before I tell you. So here it goes. We're just going to kind of start out with, as I said, some of our favorite decks by format and let let you know why we play them and what we think is awesome about it, and hopefully something's learned throughout the process. So we're going to start out with a unfortunately far underplayed format yes because nobody can afford it (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about and i encourage every person out there to go and proxy up a vintage deck because vintage is the way magic is supposed to be played (laughs) it's called type one for a reason right (laughs) (laughs) pretty much so we play a lot of proxy vintage just in between like in between rounds of pre-releases we have done it before um, when we're waiting for our gaming group to start anytime we have spare time that's kind of the decks we tend to play yeah it it has become our casual decks of choice basically it really really has it, it's just such a great format so there's just so so much going on in in that format that man i just i just love it i just love it so we started playing it a while back and we have Quite a few decks proxied up now, but the one that I have taken to the most is the Mentor Gush deck. And I started out liking some of the stupid unfair decks, like Storm is a great one. But Gush is just like my favorite fair deck ever. I I don't know why, but that deck is just so great. I think it reminds me of the Heroic deck, which we'll probably hear more about when I hit Standard, because that was like my favorite Standard deck ever too. But just going off and playing tons of cards and (laughs) being able to gush because that just feels super good i would like to point out that when we say fair about vintage we are hardcore putting that in quotation i mean this is this is a super fair deck for vintage yes (laughs) but by any other metric it's busted i mean it kills with creatures and normal creatures too yeah good old two twos for three and it's not cheating them into play. <laughs> I mean, this deck is literally probably like one of the fairest decks in Vintage. It is casting spells and attacking with creatures, which are, you know, a lot of decks that are unfair are either not casting spells or not attacking with creatures. Yeah, those don't exist in the deck. I, I just think it's a great deck. It, the way it all kind of comes together and you get, you know, you get to play the the blue toolbox cards too and everything and just do insane, stupid things. Like, I don't know, making a mentor, like, uh, just huge and beating somebody to death is just everything I want to do. It it feels really rewarding when you win with the deck, too, because, like, you it, there's you can get free wins, because you're, if you're playing Vintage, you have a deck that can just give you a free win, but you have to actually, like, 
plan out your turns and your sequences and stuff. There's a lot of thought that goes into winning with a mentor deck. Yeah, I feel, I don't know, I feel like I've had to put a lot, a lot more math into winning some of those games against you than than a lot of other decks. I don't know, it's just, there's, I mean, there are a lot of, there's not a lot of decks where, like, Source of Plowshering Your Own Creature is, like, a super valid strategy in some cases, just because you got to get that extra point of prowess or whatever to, to kick off and all that. Yeah, there's just a lot of lines that a lot of people don't seem to see. Or it's like you don't see them your first pass around, and then like when you see someone do it, you it just clicks in your head. You're like, oh, that seems wonderful. <laughs> oh, Speaking man, of I, wonderful, yeah. yes, my personal favorite vintage deck is one I don't play very often because a lot of people hate it. But if you cannot look at a vintage dredge list and see all the millions of little terrible pieces working together to create this amazingly functional machine, you just don't have a soul. I, uh, Dredge is just one of those decks that's super frustrating to play against because it just, it's broken and does stupid things. But that deck is a thing of beauty. Yeah, it's like, it takes every, it's literally has cards from every generation of magic from um, Arabian Nights all the way up to Eldritch Moon. Yeah, and you look at the individual pieces and you're like, this card is stupid. Yes. <laughs> Why would anybody play this piece of crap? And then you look at it, the whole the whole puzzle, instead of just that single piece, and you're like, oh, that's how it works. And you just see everything just kind of flow together, and it's just ridiculous. It's quite amazing when it's working. Like I, like I, like I said, I don't play it very often. There's a lot of people who don't like playing it because I'm not playing Magic, really. I'm kind of playing my own little thing. <laughs> yeah, you just you're just like So the analogy I use is that every other deck is playing shoots and ladders. And Dredge just takes the board, flips it over, draws a grid on it and uses the pieces to play checkers. <laughs> Which is a great analogy. <laughs> it just yes, it's using magic cards, but it's not playing the game of magic. Yeah, but it's it's a good time had by all. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, but that's some of the beauty of it is that you're of what it does. It's just, oh man, it's just so insane seeing it all click together, and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And plus, I like you have to give it credit. While Dredge isn't really playing Magic, or you're not really playing the same game as your opponent, it's better than Shops because when one person is playing Shops, no one is playing Magic. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that brings us to our honorable mentions here. So yeah. <laughs> I mean I mentioned I mentioned that I like Storm as another deck, but I think you need to talk about your honorable mention of not shops. <laughs> yeah, like I you can play if you want to proxy up a deck, like do it, it's great. But don't proxy up shops. Like shops is not a deck that like yes, there are skilled shop players, but it's one of those really high floor, really low ceiling style decks. Very little skill that goes into it. I've seen shops get locked out because of their own stuff before. And it's like, no one can sit down, shuffle up a shops deck, play against their opponent, and when it's all said and done, say, I had a good match. There is no such thing with shops. I don't care who you are. Yeah, that's tough. Like, I don't know. I've played shops a couple times with you, and it's just, it's one of those decks where it's like, yeah, okay, we... We played shops, and it was a game, and I didn't not enjoy myself, but I didn't have a particularly great time. Yeah, like you, you don't feel good when you win with shops because you didn't really like, you know, you didn't outplay your opponent or do anything like that. Like there was no hardcore sequencing that went into it. 
you just cast your cards and then no one cast anything else. Yeah, I, it's just, I don't know. Like, being able to, it's like, oh, I just locked you out right away because I jammed everything. Cool, I'm really awesome. Like, uh, other decks, it's like Storm. It's like, when you get a turn one with Storm, it feels so good. Yeah, the the amount of, like, you have to know your deck and, like, the kind of stuff. Like, yeah, your opponent didn't get to play Magic at all, but you still had to find that line, and it's a lot more complicated with something like Storm. Like, turn one wins with Storm are, like, you know, they're not the most common thing in the world, and when you do them, it just feels good. Because they're almost never like, a, oh yeah, this is the nut hand that I, you know, have the chance of drawing. Because you have to have a pretty specific set of cards to turn one. Yeah, it's, uh, co- contrary to popular belief, vintage is not all turn one kills. Very much so. Like the thing, I, I, I was somebody who was like, oh yeah, I hadn't played vintage really, and I'm like, oh, yeah, all vintage is just people comboing off turn one and jerking themselves off or whatever. But once you play it, you realize that. Yeah, vintage games la- sometimes last, like, I think the average is, like, three to four turns, usually. Yeah. But you get an entire game of Magic's worth of decisions in those three to four turns. You don't feel like you're playing short games. Yeah, not by any stretch. Because, like, you, like you'll, you'll play four turns, but it'll take you 20 minutes. Yeah. Because there's so much and, that goes into it. And a lot of times both people are involved. It's not like one person's doing something for 20 minutes and the other person's sitting there waiting. The greatest thing ever was when I started watching the Vintage Super League and I'm like, Fletcher, check this out. And I proxy more decks. I'm like, you're going to play Vintage with me whether you like it or not. And then I watched some Vintage Super League and I'm like, hey, this is okay. And then I played Vintage (laughs) and I'm like, this is great. (laughs) So, so yeah, now that that I'm done pimping Vintage. Yeah. And well, that's the most underrated format. Now we're going to talk about the best format. <laughs> Legacy. Legacy is glorious. All right. John, what's your favorite deck in Legacy? My favorite deck is kind of weird since I didn't really reference it personally in Vintage. Is actually Legacy Storm, specifically Ad Nauseum Tendrils, that version of it. It's just, Storm just kind of clicks with me in formats. I just understand it. I have a mind for just knowing what's in my entire deck and things like that. And I can tend to find lines to win. And Ad Nauseum Tendrils just lets you do that to such a degree. And like you have, you know, your your discard for disruption and all that kind of stuff. And I just love how the deck plays out. It's I'm not as big of a fan of of um, Vintage Storm as a result because like there's a lot of weird lines that go into Vintage Storm, and sometimes you can just get a free win because you play cards like Necropotence and. You never really feel like you've got a free win with Ad Nauseum Tendrils unless you specifically get paired up against someone who's just... They, you just steamroll them because they don't stand a chance. Yeah, I feel like I agree with your... When you talk about Vintage Storm, it's like, it's like oops, I Yagoth's will, I win the game. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the Legacy version's a little less forgiving if you mess up a lot. And, I don't know, it, it's a cool deck. I, the fact that Storm even exists is kind of a sweet deck in general yeah my favorite deck is a weird one i have i love decks that used to be good (laughs) so my favorite one has become landstill and any iteration of it i've basically decided doesn't matter what combinations or anything i mean just the whole premise of the deck just makes me the happiest person in the world just play a control deck play standstill and if your opponent if anybody plays a spell their opponent draws three cards so it's like well, I'll just kill them with my lands. I get to sit here and do nothing, and my opponents have to deal with it. 
I love it. I love it. <laughs> There's nothing better than like your opponent just begrudgingly letting you draw three cards. Uh, feels so good. And then attacking them with two twos constantly. <laughs> it's nice and soul crushing for your opponent when it functions well. Yeah, when I'm not playing it bad, it's <laughs> nice. But oh man, it's just yeah. That's just one of those horrible. I don't want my opponent to play magic decks mm. to some degree, but but like. It's different in the sense, like, you're not playing mud, you know? You're not playing a prison deck. Like, they can yeah. they can cast their spells. You just happen to draw three cards when they do it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a control deck, and I can brick on those three cards. Yeah. I've done that more Very than once. Easily. But, I mean, also the, the lists that I have play, play old-school counterspell, and I love that. Because I don't think there's a lot of decks in Legacy that play just straight-up counterspell. The only other one I can think of is Miracles, I think. Yeah. And that's like a one or two of... Yeah, it's not, and I think I'm playing like three. Yeah. I don't remember how many I'm playing off the top of my head. I'd have to check my list, but I mean, that's just like I love that card, and I think it's just great that I get to play it. I don't know. It's it's a deck with a lot of play, and I need to get better at it, just because it's so easy to make mistakes. And you can with that deck because you rely so heavily on your counter spells, you can just get punished for missing something that you shouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, that's like, it. the older a format goes back, the more true it is that if you're playing a control deck, if you slip up, you die. Yeah. And, like, Legacy is just, like, well, there's, there's not really a true control deck in Vintage, so Legacy is the one that just shows that in its most purest form. Because, like, you don't have the top lock with counterbalance, like, to try yep. and, you know, get you to that point. You literally just have, you have removal spells, you have counter spells, and you need to try and win. I mean, I'm basically playing a fair control deck yes. in a format with unfair decks. Yeah, you're you're playing the fairest control deck imaginable. Yeah, in Legacy. Yeah. So my honorable mention is Legacy Burn, and anybody who has not has not seen Legacy Burn in action, just just pause this right now. Go to YouTube and search Patrick Sullivan versus Ross Miriam in S in the SCG Open, I believe it was, and you will understand how great burn can be. I just, oh, like, this is the first burn, Legacy Burn was the first, air quotes, real deck that I built and owned all of. And I, I think I just have a fondness for it like that. I don't know, I just, I think it's a, a really fun deck, and it's a really good deck to kind of just hand people if they want to come play Legacy also. Yeah, like, burn as, as, as itself is just, it's a simple deck, extremely simple, but, like, there is a massive difference between a good burn player and a bad burn player. And oh yeah, burn is. Go watch that video. <laughs> yeah, burn is never really just dead to anyone. They can take the wins off anyone. Like yeah, like you know, reanimator is a really hard matchup because they can turn two and stuff. But there's n there's not a single matchup in all of Legacy that burn can absolutely has no chance of ever winning. I mean, I've beat you playing Manalus Dredge, which is pretty much. A lose for me. I'm gonna just say because you're because you're a turn faster. I'm gonna say Tormont's Crypt beat me, but well, yeah, Tormont's Crypt <laughs> beat you because I luck sacked it. But um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, Burn does have the ability to just steal wins if you're not paying attention. Like my oh my favorite Burn match, I was playing against one of the really 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 good players in the store. Like I think he qualified for the Pro Tour, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it I was playing against um uh, oh what was it again? Uh, it was a dark. It was a. It had the dark, dark, yeah, dark depths combo in it. He was just and, on. Um, oh, no, I forgot what it was called. 
Is it Maverick? Yeah, he was just on the Maverick list, I believe. Was it Maverick? Okay, yeah. He was playing Maverick and... Dark Maverick. Yeah, and he had, them, uh, the, he had the Dark Depths out, he had the Thespian stage out, and he had a Wasteland out. And I'm sitting there looking at my, looking at my hand, and I'm holding a Price of Progress, and if he taps that Wasteland, I have enough to... I can Price of Progress him and kill him with the, with the Price and my Fire Blast in my hand. And I'm just, like, sitting there waiting, like... I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to, I need him to misplay in some way, and I need him to tap out so he can't like wasteland stuff. And I, th- I think the turn before I was able to, pl- I think I played like a Grim Lava Mancer or something, mm-hmm. and got him to, k- and he killed it with a like an Abrupt Decay or something like that. And I'm like, I'm like, oh please, oh please, oh please, and I pass the turn back to him, and he, uh, he taps his wasteland to pay for the the thespian stage and i'm like <gasps> like throwing my cards across the table i was so excited to oh, ten to you <laughs> ten you <laughs> and it's just like i like i should have been dead that game he i mean he had a um death right shaman on board i think he had a scavenging who was on board too or something like that and he had a um, uh, i think he'd scavenged that scavenged my um uh, death right away that turn to or my um uh, lava oh, mancer away that turn two or something um and it just everything just worked out. It was just I don't I don't remember exactly what happened. I was just so excited though when that happened. It was just it was a really good win for me because I I got to steal a game away from somebody who was way 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 better than me and would beat me, and will beat me ninety nine out of a hundred times. I I I do not have burn as my honorable mention, but I have another one of those same moments where I got paired up against a guy who was on miracles, and you know we're we're having out our game and I ask him. After he wins game one, you know what uh, what his record is against you know burn decks. And he's like, I have never lost a match to a mono red deck before, and I proceed to win the post sideboard games. Just I gave him <laughs> his first ever match loss to burn, and it Just, felt good. It felt amazing. <laughs> so, John, what's your honorable mention for legacy? My honorable mention is ki- also not really a deck anymore, but it will always hold a special place in my heart, and that is goblins. Because goblins are my boys, and you know we just we have a good connection to each other in uh, how we like to go about our lives, burning everything to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like goblins is just like I honestly think goblins has a chance of resurgence because miracles is currently a good deck, and goblins has an amazing miracles matchup, or at least it used to before they had mentor. So depending on the list you're playing against. Because like you know you're you're playing you're playing against miracles they're doing their thing and they terminus you and you're like all right and then you play a goblin matron get back your goblin ringleader and you just keep going they cannot deal with what you're doing like you have a more powerful card advantage engine than they do you have aether vials and cavern of souls to make it so they can never counter your stuff. You just push through and crush them. Yeah, you just push through and you will win eventually unless they can somehow get a go clock on you. So that might change now that they have Monastery Mentor, but I don't know. You, you can play Tar Fire on the side. <laughs> Sneak it through. Does, uh, does Cavern make Tar Fire uncounterable? I don't. I think it specifies creatures, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I remember looking that up before because I was like, "Can I do this?" Because if so, that's broken. But no, Maro specifically said that he hate like he hates tribal because now they have to specify creatures oh, on things like yeah. that. <laughs> that does yeah for anyone that they've printed tribal cards for. Yeah, unfortunately, but but still, you know, there's always the chance. There is always the chance. So now we'll go to the worst format. <laughs> 
as I offend everyone out there. So I've never been a big fan of modern, but I play modern because I just want to play magic. Yeah. And it's not that bad. I just rag on it because it everybody is, thinks it's great. It's a great format for just playing and having fun, but it's a terrible format for just playing and having fun. <laughs> I feel like the competitive nature of it is kind of what drags it down sometimes, but apparently I hate fun too, though, because my <laughs> deck of choice is Blue Moon, and specifically the Shackles Control version of Blue Moon. Like, that... I, re- I remember the one game I had with it. I played against a... Um, uh, oh, what was the... Um, it was like the black... It was a black blue deck. It was running like worm coil engines or something like that. Oh, the Heartless Summoning. Heartless Summoning, yeah. That I was playing against that deck, and I managed to like... I think I stuck a uh, early Blood Moon or something like that, and then managed to Spreading Seas, like the only swamp or the only swamp <laughs> in the deck. So she only had blue mana, and... I, th- I she resolved three worm coil engines against me, and I still managed to win that game by stealing them with Vidalcan Shackles. And it was like a forty-minute game one, and we finished the game, and she just conceded to me after for the <laughs> second game. <laughs> but it was just like it was just ridiculous. Like it would be like Vidalcan Shackles your worm coil engine, and she'd play another one, and then like attack into it, and I'd block and get we'd get our tokens, and then like <laughs> it was just ridiculous. I still think one of the best things about that list was, like, you know, normally control's really weak against aggro decks, and you'd think that, you know, like, looking at Blood Moon and looking at Affinity, that it's just really bad for you. But if you could just stall long enough to get Shackles and P and Kier and Alar in play, oh my god. you just, you lock them out of the game, and it was the, un- the Affinity luck. Like, looking across at your opponent, just seeing the absolute soul crushed in their eyes, it was just... It 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 was kind of like you felt kind of bad, but at the same time you felt so good. At the um uh, invitational that I went to, I played against somebody on Affinity, and um uh, I got that lock against him. He, he was not happy. <laughs> They're never happy. <laughs> it was so it was so good though, just flinging their stuff back at him and killing him. It just oh man, especially when Affinity players just run you over most of the time. It's just like ah, taste this. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm going to empty my hand on turn two, and you're going to die, and you're like, I'm going to kill that dude and kill that dude, and I'm going to play a Shackles, and I'm going to play a Peening here, and I'm going to untap on turn five, and you're locked out of the game. Yep. I'm going to steal all your creatures and either block your creatures with them or just throw them back at your creatures and kill them all. Fun fact, Shackles is a colorless card. You can steal Etch Champion. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Oh, they hate that, too. (laughs) My... My personal favorite is very similar to Blue Moon uh, post board, but I, you've you've all heard me talk about it before. I think Twin is like one of the most fun decks I've ever played in Modern, and just great in general. Like it was the Twin Mirror was just one of those things that was so skill intensive that I just fell in love with it immediately. It's like it's it is an absolute chess match, and there's so much bluffing that goes in uh, into it. And I personally, as far as I remember, have an undefeated record in the Twin Mirror, which is also a massive, massive good feeling. <laughs> Twin is one of those decks, though, also, that it, it feels like you're just like, oops, I won. Yeah. And I think I, I think that's probably part of the reason, also, it got the, the ban hammer. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it did kind of push any other blue-red deck out of the format, because it's like, if you're playing blue and red, it's like, well, why aren't you just playing Twin in your deck? I mean, I was playing Blue Moon ab- around the 
the end of Twins Reign and stuff like that. And yeah, that was kind of the feeling though. Constantly, it's just like, why are you not playing Twin? And it's like, well, because I'm dumb and have to be <laughs> playing decks that aren't good. Twin, I I can talk about like the greatness that is Twin for forever. So we yeah, probably if you want to hear yeah. about Twin, just go listen to episode two. Yeah. Twins at the very end of the episode, and we talk about it for like 30 minutes. Okay, it's like five, but <laughs> yeah. you you gush about it for a while. Longer than it should be. So I, I, I just want to bring up, as my honor will mention, the format-defining deck that has yet to break onto the scene that will crush the entire meta and probably have every piece of it banned. Unexpected results. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> This is, anybody who's listened to more than one episode has heard me yammer on and on and on about this deck. And basically, the just to explain, the entire deck is, it's a blue-green splash-red deck that runs the card Unexpected Results, which is, which is a blue-green and two sorcery. You shuffle your deck, flip the top card of your library. If it's a spell, you can cast it. If it's a land, you put the land onto the battlefield and put Unexpected back into your hand. And the whole point of the deck is to hit Emrakul, Omniscience, Blightsteel Colossus, World Spine Worm, just a huge stupid creature as early as turn two. Yeah, things using, that just win the game on the spot. Yeah. We just got the sick tech of using Megas of the Vineyard to um, uh, accelerate accelerate out everything, basically. Um, and you can cast Unexpected turn two. Because we were able to do turn three because we ran Noble Hierarch, and you could do, like, turn one, land, turn... Or turn one, land, Noble Hierarch, turn two... Anything. Anything. Cast it? No. Yeah, turn two, anything, turn three, third land. Uh, turn, oh, turn three. Yeah, that's what it was. It was third land. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. I, I was just mathing wrong. Okay. But yeah, and yeah, we accelerate it by a turn. And I just love that we've put so much time and effort into this stupid deck that's not any good. I mean, it is modern show and tell, but, you know, it's yeah. not going to get anywhere. It is, it is the greatest thought exercise that we constantly go back to. Because we because we were building it, we or we built it one way and played it. Well, I played it because you have standards. Yes. Um, so we built it one way and played it, and then we then kind of talked about it online with some people, and somebody was like, "Why don't you splash red for um, blast of genius?" And it's like, "Oh my god, that is genius!" <laughs> so we so we rebuilt the deck around that and kind of and added some card and changed up a bunch of stuff, and we're like, "Wow, this deck's better now." And then we actually just made a change this week to the deck. Yeah. that we think is better and I don't know it's the, the the fact that the deck is constantly evolving is just the coolest thing ever in my opinion it's good times I enjoy it although it's it's debatable that I you know the whole me having standards thing because I still have my own little pet deck that I have fortunately not played in about a year now and that's an old modified version of Kudoltha Red <laughs> which is a pile is that the deck that Andy was playing drunk and was going, What the f*** is this deck? <laughs> yes, that is okay. exactly what it is. Alright. He was, uh... It's basically, you know, you play like you play Goblin Guides and Lightning Bolts, and you're like, Alright, I'm playing a real deck. And then you have Memnites and Ornithopters and Signal Pest. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And then you try and, you know, use Goblin Bushwhackers to just 20 your opponent on turn 3. Like, the deck is so unbelievably terrible, but it's so fun. It's like, Kudolfa Birthright, one red, sacrifice an artifact with three 1-1 goblins in play. So you go, like, turn one Ornithopter, 
you know, play Mountain, sack it, get three one ones, and you just try and kill your opponent, and it's absurd. <laughs> that deck is ridiculous. Like <laughs> the, the eight whack deck, as they like to call it, the four goblin bushwhackers yep. and the other bushwhacker that they printed. It's like that is basically a strictly better version at this point, but I still have a special place in my heart for the good old turn three, float three red, casts um something summonings. It's one red sack X lands, put two XX uh, uh devastating. Yeah, devastating summons. It's like you know, float three red, devastating summons, sack all your lands, kick a goblin bushwhacker, proceed to swing eight or ten at your opponent. Uh yeah. Good times. Anything else in play before that, and you might just win on the spot. And that's just the most all-in plan ever, and it's great. Yes. I'm going to get my deck out of the way here for the next format, which is Standard, because I think you have a lot more to say about the two decks that you played in Standard <laughs> that you really loved. Yeah. So I actually don't even have an honorable mention here because I haven't played a ton of Standards. So the one Standard that I took really seriously was uh, Theros Khan Standard, and... When I say took seriously, I meant I played a deck that actually could somewhat win games, but it wasn't the best deck in the format. I played Heroic, and... There was a time where that deck was the best deck in the format, though. Do you really think so? It was super powerful for a long time, because like, you could just steal games from people. And that's the thing, is you can't. You could just steal games from people, and that's what I liked about it. it played, the, the cool thing about the deck is that it was it was more like a combo deck. Absolutely. And, it, it, and you just played pieces of that. I mean, going back to the Gush thing, this is, I think, what made me love Gush, because you're kind of doing the same thing, except less broken. Yes. I mean, you're playing... And I, I'm i not a person who likes combat tricks, and I played a deck with more combat tricks than creatures, <laughs> and apparently, like, auras are a thing that you can, like, put on creatures, and then they do things. Yeah. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I had ever seriously cast one of those before. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just, it's not something I like to do. I don't like to buff up my creatures and attack things. But this deck, it just did it in such an insane, fun way. And let me draw cards at the same time, too. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, Defiant Strike, I believe is what it was, was just the most insane card ever. Yeah, Defiant and... Strike and, uh, Thassa's... Ordeal of Thassa. Yeah, Ordeal. Oh, the Ordeal of Thassa. Like, oh, getting that thing going and just, just drawing all the cards. <laughs> God's Willing was probably one of my favorite cards in that deck, too. Just those stupid, like, one, two mana cards. I mean, I think my curve stopped at, like, three or four. I think I ran Mentors sometimes, so it stopped at, like, three. Yeah. It was just, it was just a, rid- a ridiculous deck. It could easily get just crushed if I got a little aggressive and they killed my only creature that I had. But, I don't know, it was just really fun and just aggressive and insane and it was awesome i did i also played that deck for a short duration during that standard because i just wanted to play the closest thing i could to infect <laughs> that is pretty close actually it's like infect without the infect yeah it's infect but fair all right my decks get a little bit more complicated i'm actually going to start with my honorable mention that's probably easier <laughs> yeah my honorable mention was from the same standard format it was blue black control specifically a modified l- uh, list that Adrian Sullivan used when he top aided the Pro Tour. And the reason why I love that deck so much is because it was one of those decks that it was so taxing on your skill level to play it that it felt so rewarding when you went with it. I would borrow that deck to people constantly whenever I wanted to play something else, and they would commonly, you know, O2 drop from FNM 
or go 0-3 or 0-4, and they like it was so hard for someone to win with that deck. I'm in that club. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd pick the deck back up, and like I'd 4-0. Like I was the I, that was my most dominant standard experience I've ever had was when I played that deck. Because like every single move you made mattered, and if you made one wrong move, you were dead because your opponent cast Siege Rhino, and it was just. It was so taxing and it was so great. Like it's you, I never felt better winning with the deck before, except for my actual favorite standard deck I've ever played. Uh, this one has a lot of story to it. Um, it actually started out as a mono red aggro deck that splashed blue for treasure groups, and I thought the deck was terrible. Like I played it. You were probably right. (laughs) I played it for one F and M. Like I got the list online. I played. I'm like, this deck is a pile, and it had the sideboard strategy of basically boarding into a control deck. And I noticed that I I won more sideboarded games than I won any of my preboarded games. And I always sideboarded. So I went home that night, and I just kind of like I was kind of like you know like feeling down because I hadn't been doing very well lately, and I had actually like just broken up with my girlfriend. And I was talking to another friend of mine, and I was telling her how there was an SEG IQ uh, the next day. And she's like, well, do you want to play? I'm like, well, I don't have the money for it, you know, because I can't afford it. And I don't even, like, have a deck built because I don't trust the deck I have right now. And she's like, well, do you have a deck you think could win? I'm like, I have a deck idea, but I have no idea. And the next thing I know, she's knocking on my door at 11 o'clock at night. She hands me $40 and says, go play in your tournament. And so I'm just like, well, shit. Now I guess I have to. So <laughs> so I stayed up until it was probably 4 o'clock in the morning that night, hammering out this deck list. And I went to, I went to Dungeon's End, and I filled up my deck list, and at the top of the, the thing where it says deck name, I wrote, is it control question mark? Because I had never really played a control deck before then, and people had no idea what I was on. So, you know, I wrote that as my deck list, and a bunch of my friends wound up seeing it, and they just thought it was the most hilarious thing ever, because, you know, I'm playing it. Is it control list? And it was the deck, like, its win cons were Karanos and Goblin Slide. (laughs) (laughs) Which. I love that. I don't know. Goblin Slide. I don't know if you have ever made enough Goblin, like, goblin tokens to like block and kill a siege rhino before but i have (laughs) that's gonna be a very very small club yeah it was it was a like the deck was just super fun to play like it played so many like random cards like it played faded conflagration that was my uh my doom blade or not doom blade my hero's downfall replacement And, like, it just, it was a bunch of burn spells. I had the sideboard strategy of boarding in Rabble Masters to kill any control players that I happened to be paired against. And the deck was just amazing. And it was also, that deck won me my first playmat. It, like, it basically, like, got me my first ever, like, validation for myself as a Magic player. And it was, like, I don't really, I'm not as good of friends with that person anymore. I haven't spoke to them in years, but, you know. I will never forget the time that she showed up at my house at almost midnight and says, here's money, go play Magic. Like, that, everything about that just has special memories to me now. So, for for a single weekend, I broke the format. Because I was able to beat all of the top decks of the format. You know, like, I was able to beat Obzon. I was able to beat four-color Obzon. 
and I only lost in the finals to like mana issues, I think. Or not in the finals, I only lost in the top four to mana issues. Stumbled a little, which I'm playing control deck in Siege Rhinos. You die. <laughs> That's a cool, I like that story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that shit, that deck will always have a special place in my heart as a result. It's just like I broke the format for two days. And then the deck was terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, um, John, unless you got anything else, I think we'll close it up. I've, I'd like to think this one's relatively simple. If you were to basically be stuck playing one format, like literally one, as in like you can't just say like draft because draft would give you like you have to choose a draft format or a constructed format. What would be the one thing that you would play? If you basically had like a card pool on a desert island, does casual constructed count? No. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna either be legacy or vintage. Like those are just the best formats ever. Um, I'm gonna go with legacy actually. Right. I think I just I don't know. I think that format's super diverse. Actually, there's a lot going on with it, and. All types of decks are valid. Yeah, it's it's one of those... It is the format where everyone says, as long as you know your deck, you can win with it. As long yep, as your exactly. deck is doing something at least relatively powerful. Yeah, I mean, you know, every deck will have bad matchups and stuff, but I mean, it's got it's got control decks, it's got aggro decks, it's got combo decks, it's got fair decks, it's got unfair decks. It's just got everything, mm. and I think that's really, really awesome. I, I actually agree with you on that. Legacy is great. I mean, normally I'd say vintage, but like, I don't know, I just... I think it's a cool format. I love playing it, but I just don't think there's as much diversity as Legacy has. Yeah, definitely not. Like, Vintage does have those roadblocks that kind of stop people from getting there. There would be an argument for, like, uh, I, I might have an argument for, like, a core set drafting format, but... Ooh, yeah. Like, M13. Yeah, the classics. Oh, man, good, that was a great format. Good times. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> Well, I'm, uh, we'll close this one up here. Um, I just want to let everybody know, if you have any feedback for the show, we have an email account for the show that we both check. Um, you can send us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail.com, and we'll take a peek at everything we, we get. Any constructive criticism, feedback, show topics you'd like to see, if you you know did or did not like this show or any of the other shows, um, yeah, let us know and we'll kind of use what feedback we get going forward to make the show better. I want to thank everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. See ya.